You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everyone, to another edition of Real Presence Live. One hour already in the can as we begin the second hour. Father James Gross joining you from Grand Forks together with Father Jason Leffer. A reminder of our website, realpresenceradio.com, which is a place where you can submit and join in prayer requests from your fellow listeners throughout our wide listening area. You can also get an update on programming schedules, and you can also uh, download the app, for your uh, smartphone or device in order to listen to Real Presence Live whenever you wish. And more importantly, you can nominate your pastor for a box of donuts. That's right, the Honor Our Father segment. So <laughs> someone someone has a sweet tooth sitting in the studio with us here. But, uh, Does it yeah. show? Does it show? <laughs> yeah, you know, the, yeah, the, your, your hosts are positively wasting away as we're sitting here <laughs> in, this, uh, in this studio. It's, just, it's very evident, even if you can't see us and, or, you know, listening to this radio program. Program. We are joined. We, we are pleased to be joined by a special guest in studio, Austin Arts. Thank you very much, and uh, welcome to Real Presence Live. Well, I appreciate the invitation. It's a great pleasure. <clears throat> so, Austin, I think Father Gross and I both know you, and yes. uh, a lot of a lot of priests know you actually. Both in Fargo Diocese, Bismarck Diocese, the Lincoln Diocese. Now, I'm sure you're famous, spreading far and wide. How can you? Bring our listeners in on just Austin Arts, where where you're from and your kind of general background to get us So I'm born and raised in Minot, North Dakota. I went to Minot Public School. I I graduated in 2014. I've got two younger brothers. Uh, The day they were born was the best day of my life. They're twins, and uh, we've had a very, very tight-knit family growing up. I uh, graduated from uh, college, uh, and I, 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 as I said, graduated from high school in 2014, and I then went to the University of North Dakota, and there was this bearded, cassock-wearing priest at the University of North Dakota there, and that's... Rather peculiar character. you got to watch out for them. you got to watch out for those guys. I know, and he, great, he was a great influence on my life, and then uh, the Newman Center was just, you know, that's the, my faith really, really came alive there, and then there was Father Luke there as well, but I made many of my dearest friends there. And it kind of that experience there kind of uh, to give a shout life. out. What parish did you belong to as a family growing up? Uh, it was uh, Saint. It was Little Flower Church. Of, it was Saint yes. Therese. Saint Therese. Yeah, right beside. Uh, yeah, right beside the university. And At, uh, yep. Father Fred Harvey would have been there partially at the time yes, you were there. Yes. Okay. Yep. And you know, and I can say I, I was that bearded cassock wearing priest that he's referencing. So the um, I remember you and you show up as a bright eyed, bushy tailed freshman at the University of North Dakota and um, you're, the only thing that outdid your amazing intellect was your incredible charm oh, and your well, ability, you. but, or maybe your, your punniness that your, the cleverness uh, that, that you had going on for you but no really you were you, you stood out in what I would say is your, your, your unabashed kind, gentle but beautiful expression of your Catholic faith, no matter where we went, it was unapologetic. But there was nothing offensive about it. It was so, it was so inviting and inspiring. Would did, I mean? Did you get this from your parents, or where? How how did you come about kind of your your faith here? Is it just a gift from God? You or? know, I obviously, primarily speaking, it would be my parents. Um, so you know, we never ever miss mass, and so you know, it's been reiterated so many times. Whether it be a saint or you know, I um, cardinal uh, or uh, excuse me, the you know whether it be an archbishop writing or something, the you know the rock bed of someone's faith is the is their initial family life, oftentimes, and uh, that's the, you know probably the most efficient means of 
um, of evangelization is a mom and a dad who take you and who who pray with you every night and they you know the who if, the, if your parents live the faith you're probably going to too and my parents got me to the point where when I was in high school I never ever would have missed mass I never you know I would I was at that point I would have never considered any other religion or uh, or denomination what have you um, so it was up in my head but it had uh, uh, so. Um, that I definitely can attribute that to my parents primarily, and then also how m- so many you know other friends that God blessed me with too. Now, one of the great characteristics about you, which is so awesome, is your you had a passion, a zeal, and a love for all things political, all things historical, and you have this. I don't know if it's a, a photographic memory, but it, definitely in an, like an Encyclopedia Brown type of memory <laughs> where details and facts and things go in, and you don't forget them. But it's not that you just don't forget them. You take them and you bring them out in a living, life-giving way that is entertaining, informative, and just brings life around you. And now, at a certain point of your journey here, you, I don't know if you fell in it or did it intentionally, whatever, but you became passionately involved with Theodore Roosevelt's yes. family. Can, can you bring us into that world a little bit and share with our listeners here? I recall I was about four years old, and it was, I was in Roosevelt Park in Minot, and there's this grand, you know, this wonderful statue of Theodore Roosevelt there. Mm-hmm. And it's actually so wonderful that Theodore Roosevelt's hometown uh, in Oyster Bay wanted a copy of that very same statue. Wow. And so Minot had one first, and then it went out to Theodore Roosevelt's hometown. And I was probably four or five, something like that. And I remember asking my mom, Mom, who is that? And she said, that's Theodore Roosevelt. And I just remember something occurred, and he, I was very taken by him. You know, years later of studying him, I was, it was in 2015. And uh, naturally, I loved, my family loved going to Medora. And I was approached by Larry and Julia Marple. You might, uh, you might if you've ever been to Medora, they portray the Roosevelts. And I just got talking to them, and they said, you, got, you should consider uh, portraying Quentin. And... Uh, Ever since then, I've uh, I've uh, so, worked there. So here we go. We have another segment we're going to do with you, but right sure. now we've got about five solid minutes. Sure. And I would like you to go into your ulterior personality. Okay. Can you introduce Father Gross and I and all of the 2.5 million potential Real Presence listeners right now yes. to Quentin Roosevelt? Can you introduce him and bring him on stage right now? Hey, let me go grab him. Just give me one second. Very good. <laughs> While you're doing that, uh, just to reset, you're listening to Real Presence Live. We have Austin Arts with us, who is about to introduce us to uh, a member of the Roosevelt family. Hello, everyone. My name is Quentin Roosevelt. I was not expecting to be on the radio today. Uh, after all, I've been dead for about 100 years. I uh, am uh, ple- most pleased to join you. I am, uh, I am sitting with uh, two Catholic priests here. Uh, for many of you who do not know, I served in the Great War, the, uh, or World War I, as you say. I would often go to daily Mass, as France was a very Catholic country then. And the, the homilies were very wonderful. And I remember thinking to myself, if only everything the priest said were true, it would be a wonderful world. <laughs> However, uh, after I met my moral demise, I found that they were. Uh, I am uh, most famous, however, for my time living in the White House, uh, playing with the White House gang. Uh, my father would come and join my friends and I every day at four. He would uh, come into the attic and he would play bear or he would portray some mysterious creature and go about chasing us through the White House attics. Uh, one of my friends thought it would be very funny on one occasion to turn out the light. Unfortunately for my father, he ran into a post. A nail nearly stabbed out his eye by a, and missed it by a near inch. It's a good thing the nail did miss his eye, for he'd have been old three eyes. <laughs> of course, that was his nickname, was old four eyes, given his nickname. 
coming to, I never came to North Dakota in my lifetime, but I might say father spoke of it very highly. And uh, now I, uh, the Roosevelt family motto was qui plantat tabut carabit, which means he who is well planted is sustained. I see here uh, the people of North Dakota as one drives through on the highway, how planted and sustained they are. And uh, they have a radio, a real presence radio. How I cannot think of a better way to be planted and sustained than perhaps by the wheat that is ground into one's Lord. Uh, thank you for having me. Thank you very much, Quentin. <laughs> we appreciate it. Uh, we're, we're grateful that you've uh, uh, t- taken the time to, to share that personal, uh, personal witness with us. And so how, so uh, Austin, then you, how many years did you perform at Medora here? You, you, you know, I, the first time I performed there uh, uh, was in 2016. And uh, it was just like a weekend event. But then in the summer of 2017, 18, and 19, I worked out there full-time in the summer while, you know, that was during college summers. Um, it's, God bless me, there was a friend named Luke Larson. It just so happened he was also, um, I was in seminary at the time. He was also in seminary at the time. And he portrayed the Marquis de Moray. Wow. And, uh, and so it was a great How, how many times a day would you perform or how often or how it long? It varied, three, three or four sometimes, usually. So I'd be, I would be, I'd do a lot of performances, whether outside or inside. So. But I, and I, I'm, I'm one who's uh, received the full... Um, the full expression of your thing, and it's just, it's incredible. I mean, it, just, it was like I was taken back into well, World you. War One, and it, just kind of fantastic. How, could you share with our listeners, too, so you, you, were, st- you were studying history yes. at, at UND, graduate also, but, but your journey took you into the seminary for a time. How, what, That's can right. Can you tell us about that, or how did you discern that, and then also discern out of it? You know, so I, I just remember being at the Newman Center, and I remember um, it was in... Uh, I, I just had an uh, I, I had an attraction to be a priest, like all the the sac- be a mini- minister of the sacraments and things, and so it got to the point where um, uh, I might also add I had an attraction to being married as well, but it got to the point where this this desire to be a priest was the the loudest thing in my life, and I was looking at law schools and pursuing law school back in you know maybe twenty seven seventeen just wasn't I was not at peace with that, and so I ended up. Uh, the only thing I was at peace with doing was going to seminary. Once at seminary, through the wisdom of, of Jesus, I just came to know myself more. And for whatever reason, that was in that time of my life is how he chose to reveal himself to me. And as I got to know him better, I got to know myself better. And Where then, did they send you to study? Uh, in Denver. Okay. Uh, and then that's like getting to know myself better. I I um, found I, I, I don't think I have a vocation. You no, know, I often, I, and again, this is this wild idea. Like, you know, I think the Mormons have a good idea where when you're 18, you go for two years to go evangelize and learn about your faith. And how can, how can you be truly Mormon unless you can teach it to another, express it to another? I often thought, you know, we ought to put every 18-year-old young man in the seminary just to learn how to become a human being in prayer life and this or whatever. I what, agreed. Would, would you say that, I mean, this was a formative time and absolutely valuable for you. And would you recommend it to other guys who might be sitting there right now saying, oh, I don't know, I'm caught between these two choices? Or You know, if, if, you're, if you're attracted to it, just go and, you know, if there's any uh, room in your life to do it, I would just say go do it. There's nothing you can lose. Well, Austin, we're going to step away for just a moment here uh, as we uh, take a break. But we're visiting with um, uh, a local, uh, very inspiring young man uh, about his uh, life's journey, Austin Arts. And uh, stay with us as you're listening to Real Presence Live. 
This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. The Mustard Seed Catholic Store is South Dakota's place to purchase Catholic books, gifts, and decor. With locations in Rapid City and Sioux Falls, we are here to provide you with gifts for the Catholic occasions in your life. From baptism to First Communion, confirmation to weddings, and ordinations, we pride ourselves in having local artists share their creative talents, making rosaries, crucifixes, artwork, coffee, and books. We are located in Rapid City on Main Street, in the new Diocesan Building, or in Sioux Falls on Grange Avenue across from Costco. It's four years since I came to the diocese as bishop, the Diocese of Fargo, and immediately I was I was aware of what a reach Real Presence Radio has throughout the diocese and really throughout the region. You know, the radio station and the, the many people who uh, contribute with programming and, and, and other support, they have a, a, an ability to reach people in ways that I can't on a day-to-day basis. And uh, they, they really do share the good news, the joy of the gospel, as Pope Francis has, has coined that phrase for all of us. And uh, they, they allow the faithful and even people who aren't part of the church, who aren't even believers, to, to hear the good news. And that's a, a great tool of evangelization. There's no question about it. This is Linus Evinger from St. Peter's and Paul's, Neuratic, North Dakota. Thank you for listening to Real Presence Radio. Hi, this is Dr. Ryan Sapo with Lumen Vision in Fargo. Lumen Vision offers eye exams for the whole family, contact lenses, glasses, and vision therapy services. Our specialized vision therapy program works to improve how the eyes work together as a team. We work with our patients to improve reading difficulties, lazy eyes, eye turns, and focusing problems, which can be detrimental to performance in the classroom and on the job. You can learn more about our mission at lumen.vision. Lumen Vision is a proud sponsor of the Real Presence Radio Network. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everyone, to Real Presence Live. Father Jason Leffer and Father James Gross coming to you from our studio in Grand Forks. And we are joined in studio by Austin Arts, who began his... uh, uh, post uh, high school graduation as a fighting hawk was uh, in the seminary for a time in Denver and uh, is now um, uh, a corn husker. I understand. Is uh, tell us about uh, your current uh, educational exploits. So I just in May I just finished my second year of law school. I'll be starting next month. I'll be starting my third year. Um, I'm very much at peace where I'm at. I, I'm in the right spot right now. Do you so. have a particular type of law that you would, you're interested in? Or it, want to go? I generally try and keep that. You know. To try and take things so I know have a broad sense of everything, but what I really found interested in is like constitutional law. And, and did so. you have an internship this summer that you were doing? You know, I it? did. It was a, it was called a clinic, and I just basically worked under supervision of a professor. And because I had X amount of credits, I was able to do certain things if a lawyer was standing next. And were, was it fun? Happy? It was. It was. It was the right thing to be doing, and I thought I got a great experience. Excellent. So. Awesome. Okay. I, I have something that I, I really want to take you to a place here because I want our listeners to receive this sure. that you have. Could, could you introduce us to, more intimately to your family, specifically your brothers, and mm-hmm. the powerful story uh, behind your, your brothers and your relationship with them? And sure. So, again, my parents are Robert and Brenda. My dad's a farmer. My mom is a lawyer. 
And then my, I have two brothers. I, there were others, but I only, I only got to meet two of them. But uh, uh, Eric is currently in seminary, and he'll be starting second theology, which means he'll be a priest and give or take two years, God willing. And what seminary is he at? He's at Kenrick Glennon, and uh, that's where, that's where you went. That's yeah. right. He, your picture's on the wall there. Yeah. So you, haven't, you haven't aged a day. Um, but uh, then, uh, then uh, so he'll, he'll be a priest again, give or take two years. God willing. And then, uh, so then my other brother, Nathan, we lost him to cancer uh, at the age of 17. He, and his, his faith was like life-changing just for those can, who witnessed can you, it. Can you tell us a little bit Nathan's journey uh, with the cancer, his personality, even the relationship between the twins, spiritually yeah. speaking, what, what went on there? So I would say I can remember, like Nathan here, you know, he was given, you know, not very good diagnosis, uh, just to say the least. But, you know, here the whole, and he suffered very, very much. But the whole time, he just allowed God to provide for him. And it's, it's, it's ironic because someone could have, like, you know, everything being taken away. You know, he, he, had, he couldn't walk, really. He lost his hair. And at the end of his life, he couldn't really see. And even his life was demanded of him. But because, and, you know, if one is like so intimately uh, hugging the Lord, like even when those things are being pulled away from them, they can, they're content because they have all that they need. You know, and, and I'd say even in my encounters with Nathan, I mean, he had a wisdom beyond Absolutely. his years. Mm-hmm. What could, can you share with us a little bit, like kind of what it was like to be in his presence as he, because he was only age he was uh, 17. 17 when he's going through this when right so he had it from age 14 to 17 he died five days after his 17th birthday mm. but initially you know when in, you know, nathan was both both of my brothers are again wise beyond their years but this suffering i think what happened i honestly you know reflected much on it but i think the suffering he went through you know nathan allowed Christ to just consume him into his own cross. And when you are so present to the passion of Christ like that, you cannot help but be wise because you're so entwined to the Holy Spirit. And then in this story also, and I wish Eric was here too with us because he is such a powerful witness, but yes. can you share with our listeners a little bit the twins? That I mean, what was Eric experiencing going through and, and some of the, the story about, you know, that spiritual connection between so, the like, two of them. Again, there's always, like, I'm very close to my brothers, but there's something, and I'm sure everyone who, you know, Ray was grow, grew up with twins or has twins as children, there's something very intimate about twins. And, um, you know, we can dive into that, but I, you know, whatever Nathan went, Eric was also there. And, uh, you know, it was, it was kind of, um, he was, Na- Eric really helped take care of Nathan just physically, but then also spiritually. Mom apparently said that, you know, Nathan would be laying there and he says, you know, it's going to be him, you know. And he was talking about Eric, you know, and Eric's priestly vocation. And so Nathan recognized that from the beginning. But also um, watching Eric, you know, uh, obviously losing a brother and especially a twin is very difficult. But then also me watching Eric heal through that, just through what the Lord can do. And it's, just, it's, it's, a, it's amazing. Like the person Eric is now is very just humbling. And it's just a, one of the greatest gifts I've received from God is to have Eric in my life. Did, did Christ or the Holy Spirit kind of manifest themselves at the time of Nathan's death? 
in any special ways that you, you remember? Or? Um, you know, the one way is I'll think, you know, Nathan had uh, a devotion to the divine mercy image, you know, the Jesus, I trust in you. And I'm sure we're all familiar with the, the rays of light since I was a little kid. And, you know, I'd be running around with pictures of Teddy Roosevelt and Abraham Lincoln <laughs> and, uh, as a little boy. Bully. <laughs> yeah, bully. Nathan, however, would he would just like, he would, I remember him just holding this image and like uh, always where he went. And then he, you know, he would just, you could tell he had just a very strong connection to this image. And he died on February 22nd, 2015. It was a Sunday. And about a month later, my mom was reading about the Divine Mercy image. And here, St. Faustina saw that image. Christ appeared to her on Sunday, February 22nd, 1931. And so that was, you know, one little, you know, little nudge. Um, and, th- you know, there's been other things. But um, other things are just like, you know, reading through Nathan's prayer journal that we have. And it's just like there's just so much wisdom present in there. And uh, yeah. how, how has... Now, on this side, since Nathan's death, mm-hmm. c- can you share with us just a little bit the, meaning of the communion of saints and the yeah. power of intercession and maybe the sense that, you know, maybe it's possible Nathan's even closer to you spiritually now before and how that plays out in your, in your life, your family's life. Absolutely. You know, you know, absolutely, you know um, I'll say, you know, every, you know, he's affected so many people, you know, um, uh, we've got some, you know, very close friends and, you know, you, uh, you just see how people grow and then how much our family does. But, you know, when uh, the co- I, I think it's very common to have this conception of religious people just following the rules. But yet, I've, from what I've witnessed and, you know, many of my family and friends, what's actually going on is this, this, is this intimate friendship. Aristotle, I think, said how many thousand years ago, you know, the greatest thing that we could have as a friend with someone. And how much, you know, the greatest of all the friendships is one with God. And that's what a a saint is someone who's literally spent so much time with the Lord that they, that they cease to look like themselves and they're just a little icon. And they're just maybe, maybe they're like a, like a, a a Eastern icon of the Holy family or something. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, um, when you're with him, they're always, that's, that's who they spent their whole life with God. And so wherever you're with him, you're with them too. And there's so uh, Austin, as we are kind of finishing up, because we only have a couple of minutes left, there are a couple of things that I've been curious about in, in your story. Mm-hmm. As you find yourself in law school right now, mm-hmm. what is that experience like in terms of uh, living out your faith? I mean, are there um, obstacles that you're facing either among uh, uh, faculty, students? You know, what what has that experience been like for you? So I'll say, you know, the, I would say the cultural vibe within law school is the same as anywhere else. The, you know, maybe it's it's you know it's been influenced by the enlightenment and you know there's relativism but i also want to say it's not all bad like it's totally possible to live one's uh life mm-hmm. you know and it, um at the beginning uh you know the the rigors of study um you know there was a lot there's a lot of uh, pressure to do as well as possible but it's funny you know with that struggle it actually um, refine me. I've matured so much because of yeah. the pressure of study, and I've kind of come to maybe learned how to balance my prayer life and then my mm-hmm. school life. And when you know, looking ahead, it's not too far in the future. Once you have your diploma, what kind of are, are you thinking for the future in terms of uh, where to settle down, where to hang out your shingle, so to speak? Well, it's funny. I will have in one year. I will have finished my bar exam yesterday. So one, so today will hopefully be my first quote-unquote day. A joyful day. day. A whole joyful day. (laughs) 
Yeah, so uh, a maybe, day of conquest. Or I'll, I'll pass my second bar. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, You'll so have two, two bars on two your bars, screen. two bars. That's right. That's right. Uh, you know, I. I, you know, if I got a good job for experience elsewhere, um, maybe working for an advocacy group or being a clerk for a judge, that'd be okay. fine. But I would like to come back to North Dakota. I have a very special spot for this big old ranked rectangle on my heart. So, and, and, did, and again, vocationally, mm-hmm. um, are you, are you looking towards family and marriage? Or I that do isn't think so. Settled, settled yet? Or when I was leaving seminary, I, I realized, well, if I'm going to have a family, I got to have a job. So, you know, that's, <laughs> so I just started to come to law school. So, so I mean, I, fellow Gross, we look. He's a pretty attractive young man, great personality. Should we advertise? Or are, are you are you open for? I I mean, I guess, but like, let's not let's not start radio dating here. Let's just, this is too much. I don't do distance. <laughs> and I don't know about you, fellow Gross. I'm a, I'm a horrible um, matchmaker. Matchmaker. I I'm not in the matchmaking I, business. But just we'll let the young ladies know that. I'll, uh, I'm sure. Available. I'm sure. I. I'm sure I've got it covered. So. Well, well, well. Maybe there's some sort of un. Um, I don't want to say undiscovered, but unrealized old flame of a nice young lady, uh, a co-ed from uh, UND, who knew you once upon a time and is listening to this right now. And it's like, you know, he, I've never forgotten about him. So and you, you know never what? Know. I'm sure she will find the man of her dreams. <laughs> I, I sense a little bit of pushback no, here, no, Father. No, what, what, what you're sensing is you never get the last word with with Austin. He he always has a line. He's always prepared. He, I I I would not want to be the lawyer going against him in trial one day. Let's just put it that way. Right, well, thanks, Father. Well, you don't have to. Be. <laughs> would, 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 would you be willing to represent me? That'd be great. I'd love to. Either that, or if he's on, you know, for, for the people, he we might have the future John McCoy uh, DA. And I was sitting here. You know. My advice is don't get caught. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, Austin. Thank you so much for taking the time to uh, visit with my us pleasure, today. My pleasure. My pleasure. And uh, yes, be assured of our um, our continued prayers for you and your journey. And of course, we um, uh, pray, uh, continue to pray for the repose of the soul of your brother and uh, for continued peace in your family through that experience as well. Oh. All right. Thank you, guys. God bless. All right. Thank you very much, Austin. So one more segment coming up, and we are going to be talking about a great milestone as Real Presence Radio is celebrating 20 years. So we'll discuss this with one of our uh, devoted local listeners as we come back after this break. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. 